Hey everyone, and welcome to the WrestleMania Series Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated, and this will be a five-series podcast where we look at five different moments from five different WrestleManias, and we'll hear directly from some of the people involved in those unforgettable WrestleMania moments. We're kicking things off today with a special guest in the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania himself, talking about his WrestleMania 26 match against The Undertaker, which in my humble opinion is the greatest WrestleMania match, possibly greatest ever wrestling match of all time. The psychology of it, the background, the emotion, and the fact that these two wrestled the year prior at WrestleMania 25, and had you asked me before, I would have said WrestleMania 25 was the greatest match of all time, on par with Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage at WrestleMania 3, Steve Austin versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13, but to do it again a year later. Steamboat and Savage came close. They didn't match up in that WrestleMania tournament. Why? We'll never know. That seems like such a, a missed opportunity. Or Brett leaves for WCW. He isn't, he isn't even a part of WWE come WrestleMania 14. So no chance for a rematch with Steve. But Taker and Shawn have a rematch the following year at WrestleMania 26. It closes out the show. It is the career versus streak match. Shawn puts his career on the line for a chance to end the Undertaker streak one more time. Again, looking to get Sean's psychology on the match, Sean's perspective as well, what he was looking to accomplish in this match, if he feels like he did it, if there were any chances or any chance of a rematch between the two, as well as if he feels any differently about this match now that they've had that rematch in a tag at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. We'll get right to the interview right now again. This is the WrestleMania Series Podcast, our first edition, with the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, discussing the career versus streak match at WrestleMania 26. The first guest of the WrestleMania Series Podcast is fittingly known as Mr. WrestleMania. Making his WrestleMania debut at the age of only 23, Shawn Michaels went on to have 17 matches at WWE's signature pay-per-view, including classic encounters with Bret Hart, Scott Hall, Kurt Angle, and Chris Jericho. But nothing compared to what he created in the ring with The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25 until they exceeded that match only a year later at WrestleMania 26. The Undertaker Michaels' streak versus career match headlined WrestleMania 26 at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, effectively closing the book on Michaels' in-ring career as he has not had another singles match since that night of brilliance against The Undertaker in March of 2010. Joining me now is Sean Michael. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. I'm, I'm going to start off with an NXT question. You're out in Florida at the Performance Center. You've lived a lifetime in this business, but you look and sound so inspired and refreshed working at the PC. Why is that? Well, because it's just a blast. I mean, it's, um, it's everything that... Uh, you enjoy about this job with, with none of the stress or the anxiety that, <laughs> that comes along with it when you're actually doing it. Um, you know, the, the, the culture that, you know, that Hunter and Matt Bloom and Sarah Motto, just everybody at the PC that they just sort of, you know, have there is, is just phenomenal. And, um, you know, everybody there is hungry. They're passionate. Um, it's sort of like when you went back to the beginning and, all those hopes and dreams were in front of you um, and sort of all the stress and anxiety of 
making it uh, wasn't quite there yet. And, and that's, that's everything that NXT has. And certainly for those of us that are, are coaching, um, it's all of the good stuff, but we don't have to worry about the performance and the stress and the anxiety of, of, of handling the business aspect of it um, as it progresses. And I think that's probably one of the things that, that makes it such a, a positive environment for me. And it's so interesting, too. It's going to be humbling for you. You're still the heartbreak kid. I don't care how old you are at 53, 43, at 73. We're still going to go heartbreak kid. But it's funny that so many talent with NXT at the Performance Center have mentioned their favorite matches, WrestleMania 26. It's funny. It's a match they grew up on. That must be humbling at times, too, that these women and men were, were watching you so vividly uh, when they were you know, making a decision to join this business. Yeah, no, it is. So it's, it's, it's very fun. Um, you know, this is a, more or less, this is a generation that sort of grew up with, with, with me and Hunter and Brett and, you know, Stone Cold, The Rock, all those guys, a lot of the, uh, you know, the Generation X. And, and so, you know, but you go from the guy they watched and then you go to just another guy that's there, a guy that they can trust, a guy that they, you know, feel comfortable with. And that's, that's, I think, uh, you know, it's a fun evolution, I think, for all of us. Um, certainly one of the things I enjoy about it um, is, well, you know, on one hand, they, they uh, again, you're the guy they watch, but then they begin to understand that you're just, you know, a normal strange dude, just, <laughs> just like all of them are and have, you know, still have those uh, same things in common that they have. Uh, we're just we're just older. And, and so many guys from our generation um, – I think what we have in common with this generation is all of us were guys with, you know, essentially boyhood dreams, so to speak. And, um, you know, we're all very upfront about that aspect of it and, you know, still understanding that it's a business. But most of us got into it not knowing if we'd ever make money. I mean, the business wasn't quite as big and as huge as it has become. And, and we all got into it for the love of, of doing it. And, a lot of these guys are the same way, and um, I think when you connect on that level, it's something that, that is very positive and works for all of us. Fascinating. You mentioned the boyhood dream, and that's the WrestleMania 12 matches built around that, too. Your your really moment of crowning achievement in the ring, you know, uh, fulfilling that, that prophecy is the boyhood dream. I think we can all relate to that story because we all have dreams. Not everyone always achieves them. But everyone's got that dream, they, they, whether it's a degree or a diploma or an award or a championship, they can relate to. Here, 14 years later, WrestleMania 26, it's the end of the dream. It's, it's the end of the road. Before we get into that match itself, how do you mentally prepare yourself for the fact that's your last time in the ring? Does that sit in the night before the hotel room, the day of? Rich Lewis talked about just downing cups of coffee all day. He was so nervous. How did you prepare for that? You know what? Um, I, you know, I, I think that sort of happens uh you know in in a progression and 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 it certainly evolved I, I knew i was sort of ready um to be going on the downside of my career anyway i can i can remember coming back from 25 in houston and you know saying to my wife you know i, I think that might have been it or it should have been it and uh you know, and she just said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, it just went so well. I said, and I just feel, I don't know. I said, I feel the sense of peace and, and, and calm. And, um, 
I don't. She, I simply said, look, if I never performed again, I'd, I'd be okay with it. And, and from that time on, we started to, to talk about it and discuss it. And, you know, I had, I had always said that, you know, I didn't want to be gone. My, my, my children's entire youth or, or growing up stage. And uh, at that time, our son was uh, going to be 10 and uh, our daughter was five. And, and it just sort of evolved into the planning of, of, of possibly doing it the next year. And, and then, you know, the closer it got, the more at peace I got with it. And uh, honestly, I don't know that I ever completely decided that it was going to be it until after that match was over. Um, we had always sort of discussed uh, sort of an out clause, so to speak, if, uh, if I had the desire to do it again. Um, but I can remember myself and Taker and Michael Hayes just sitting there after the match, uh, like we had done the year before, just the three of us sort of sitting there alone, taking it in. And I said, you know something, guys, I, I think that's it. So I feel good with that. I don't think anything after this will be appropriate. And, uh, you know, and you know, Michael just said, really? And I said, yeah. And he said, you know something? I agree. You know, and, and uh, you know, and so you know, it, it just—I don't know. It just—I've done everything in my career that way, just sort of by the way I felt, the way it—you know—it affected me personally, and I felt very content with that. And uh, and I think that's the key to you know retiring with the uh, you know peace in your mind and joy in your heart <laughs> is uh, is is to make sure that you feel like it's complete. And that's certainly how I felt after that one and really had no problem uh, stepping away at that time. I know that to get to where you where you were in this business, at, at, the, at the very peak, the very top, you've kind of got to be a different breed in terms of sacrifice and willingness to risk it all. Not just anybody can get to that level, especially where you where you reached time and time again. You wrestled the, arguably the greatest match of all time at WrestleMania at 25. You're a perfectionist in the ring. You have, you have the same opponent at WrestleMania at 26. Likely to be your last match. Does that challenge excite you at the time? Of I think we, we can do better this time, or do you look at it like a mortal human being and think the rest of us would look at it and think, how do I possibly outdo that match? Yeah, well, you certainly always um, think about you know the topping it aspect, um, but I had certainly been in enough of those situations to where. I knew enough to know that one, you know, the stipulation in and of itself would make it different. And I'd also been in that situation enough times to know that it's not so much about topping it as it is as making it equally as special from a storyline aspect as the other one. Um, I just don't know. Again, I guess I, I look at it like movies. Uh, there are a number of different movies that I enjoy and that I think are fantastic and great, but they're different genres. You know, they're not all dramas. They're not all comedies. They're not all suspense thrillers or romantic comedies, stuff like that. And so certainly over the years in, in wrestling, as I found myself trying to get into this one-upmanship that you sort of do with yourself, uh, I began to, to realize that really it was sort of making it special, but, different in a different kind of way, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. I know you mentioned it was fascinating, the tension of the outclaws. 
if you walked into Phoenix that day and said, I want to win, or if Michael Hayes had said to you, you're going to win this match, would that have been something you considered? Were there ever any plans at any point in time for you to win this match? Yeah, there, there, well, no, uh, so it was, there was never a time, you know, that I was, was thought about winning it for any aspect, but, you know, there were certainly times after that. I mean, you know, every, <laughs> almost every WrestleMania after that, with the exception of the first couple, I think, um, there were, there were talks of, of having me come back and do a match. And, and there was one that was, you know, particularly interesting, um, but, you know, it, uh, yeah, it just never, I don't know, it, it just never tugged at me, I think, quite in the right way, I guess. But again, but, you know, I, I, it, it just felt so complete and, and it just felt like doing anything else didn't fit. If that, again, and I, I, I it's kind of weird, I guess, but I, I look at sort of the arc of the Heartbreak Kid character over the years and to add anything to that, you know, that last piece, I think just didn't work for me in that respect. And so it was just wasn't anything I was really interested in. Was that the Daniel Bryan match, Sean? Because that was an interesting concept. But you're right. I think with the, the, the story with you and the Undertaker, even the last match you guys had either Crown Jewel, A, it wasn't WrestleMania, and B, it was with Taker. I think it made sense in the story, even not eight years later. Um, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, no, and, and it wasn't with Daniel Bryan. Uh, it was actually going to be, again, with Undertaker, but I think he was going to be, um, you know, um, not the Undertaker character, I believe. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't remember all of it. Uh, I mean, I believe he was going to be coming back to the American Badass. And, uh, and again, I think it was, it was, there was a number of different aspects to it that, again, you know, made it, seemed interesting and logical, but again, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't anything that, again, didn't have any, it didn't have any finality to it as, again, and so yeah, that's one of the things, I guess, that sort of always bothers me, you know, I don't know, when you when you close a book, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be, <laughs> it needs to be over, you know, and, and certainly about, you know, that certain role, so to speak, and, and I just felt like that would have been, that been closed, and was just a, a, a bit leery about, you know, trying to open it up again. Definitely. As for the ma- match itself, you opened and closed with Taker's trademark sitting in the throat. You know, you did it to him. And maybe we're, you know, I think sometimes as, as people watching these matches, Sean, we read a little bit too much into these things. But, of course, that just is a sort of endearment because we've followed your career so long and enjoyed what you did. Was that designed to capture the spirit, almost defiance of your career? Yeah, it was, and, and, and that's you know exactly what it was. And you know, as as certainly as my career progressed, and 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 especially as the WWE evolved, and even allowed me to evolve, and sort of getting a little bit more, I guess, subliminally artistic. Um, it was those types of things that I very much enjoyed bringing. Uh, you know, to my character and, and, and a little depth and, you know, dare I say, sophistication to, you know, our storytelling in, in, in the world of, of the WWE. And, and it, it's small things like that, um, that yes, that I, that I wanted to, uh, I think at least I can convey about this, this, this character. And, and again, you know, again, how he very much, you know, um, 
you know, sort of characterized and symbolically, you know, showed, I guess, a little bit of, of you know, who I am or, and who many people are in life. They don't mind going down and falling on their sword if they go down like a man, if that makes any sense. But, you know, again, I don't think any, there isn't a man alive that uh, is, you know, too concerned with going down with a fight. It's the going down and, and never, never having fought. And, and I think that would, that would, you know, bother him uh, the rest of his life. But then again, from a heartbreak kid character, you know, he's, he saw that the end was near, but he wanted to fall on his sword and at least go out with some bravado. And that's certainly what that moment was, you know, supposed to replicate. You mentioned Michael Hayes, who's probably the best at what he does. If people don't know, uh, he kind of helps helps create the matches backstage as, a, as an agent. But I mean, just what a kind of mind he must have. That was, it's always fun when you break a match down and you want it to make sense, and it makes sense because even with the size differential, even the fact that Taker beat you the year before, defeated you the year before, he had that injured left knee early in the match. Was that something you remember, Sean? The, the build or the design of that match was that something that, that Michael came up with, Vince McMahon came up with, or? I'm uh, curious because that made so much sense. It was a great story to open the match with. Yeah, well, no, and again, that, that's just one of those uh, things. I think, that if, you know, gosh, if I recall, I think collectively we, you know, we all sort of came up with it. And and uh, yeah, I will say that there are some things, um, some very tried and true basics in the in the wrestling business uh, and in the WWE that we feel like will always work and very simplistically it's put working a body part <laughs> and, uh, and, and certainly from the big man, small man, uh, standpoint, you know, you want to, uh, again, bring the larger man again to a compromised position. And obviously the leg is, is, is the part of that. Um, and, and certainly it also helped that over the years here and there, even in my matches with Rick, you know, because of my idolization of Rick and things of that nature where, you know, I, I used a version of the figure four and stuff like that every now and then. So again, it's just one of those things that is not, you know, one of the big overarching themes of the match, but it's still, you want everything to make sense, everything to connect in a, in a very cohesive manner from a storytelling standpoint. And so, you know, you do your best again to, as I've, learned over the years that really, you know, so many things are good nowadays. The way you get them to great and whatever is beyond that is by really paying attention to the details. And as, you know, as you get older and, and you learn more and you, and you hope to get wiser, that's one of the things you begin to understand that really the moves uh, are really just a backdrop to a much deeper story. And, and, and again, all those stories are really found in the small details of the match. And that's where, again, you begin to take this business a little bit beyond just the, you know, quote unquote pro wrestling aspect. And again, you, you get to tap into your more creative and artistic side, which is something, again, that I was, I was very guilty of, of wanting to do, especially later in my career, because that was, um, that was just far more intriguing to me. Ring psychology with Shawn Michaels. It's funny when you mentioned working a body part. Wherever he is in the world right now, I'm sure Ricky Steamboat was nodding his head. <laughs> well, that's good to know. 
I'll, uh, I'll begin to wrap up. Was there a, a moment backstage before the match with Taker, before the match with Vince, or, or I didn't mention after the match? This is man you've been on record as saying is like a second dad to you. Uh, how much you've been, been, you know, work together, and you guys know each other probably better than you know yourselves sometimes. But was there a moment with either either Vince or Taker after the match, even before the match on at WrestleMania 26? Well, uh, you know, honestly, um, so much of this between all of us. Um, you know, and, and Michael's included in that, Hunter's included in that, um, you know, Vince, and myself, Taker, of course. So much of it started from that WrestleMania, I'm sorry, that Royal Rumble moment, um, I guess, I don't know, before that 26, or I'm sorry, 25 match, and I think that might have been in San Antonio. And um, they, there was just such a very special feel with um, the last few minutes of that Royal Rumble match that we all began to think about and, and talk about this entire thing. And the more we talked about it, and of course, then the more we followed up on it, the deeper we got into it. And as those things go on, all of us were already a pretty tight uh, group and that just brings you closer. And every time you do things that are as special as all of that was, you cannot help but to get closer and more attached to one another. Uh, and it is a that honestly behind the scenes, as much as you know the matches and all of those things are important to you and they mean a lot to you, it's what goes on behind uh, you know the curtain. That's really what you carry with you the rest of your life. There's a bond there and a, a relationship there and a closeness there that, again, just, you know, it, there, there aren't words that can describe it and, and nothing will do it justice, but it is a very special thing to share all of that, especially with the guys that are the most important to you and then, and that have been there the longest. Have, you know, we have all watched and grown uh, with one another for the last 25 years and now 30 years. And so you don't get farther apart. You just draw closer to one another. And, and honestly, that's the part that uh, is always so special. And that's the part that, you know, you carry with you. And, and certainly the part that I carry with me anyway, um, you know, from, you know, that day until the day that I'm talking to you right now. And it's, uh, it's still special every time I see him and, um, and, and it'll continue to be that way for, uh, I don't know, as long as I live, as far as I can tell. I, and I know, like, even Doc Rivers at the NBA, Doc talks about he, he remembers the losses more than he remembers the wins. I know it's a little bit different in pro wrestling, but when you think back to this match or dream of this match, if you do, is it at all different, Sean, that you've been in the ring since with Baker? Did that give you more appreciation of the match? Uh, and also... What do you recall most vividly about that when you, when you look back? I guess two-part question. Uh, do you think it any differently now? And when you think back, is there a moment in that match you think? Um, you know, I mean, there was certainly, I don't know, there, there was certainly a time in, in 25 when, I don't know, you just, you sort of know that, like, wow, something really special. <laughs> this one's going to be good. This one's special. Um you know, I don't know, they, they, they all 
for me, especially those ones that people talk about, I think there's always a point in them where you begin to realize that you've crossed over into something, again, uh, beyond just, a, again, a, a pro wrestling match. Um, and that's, I guess for me, that's the moment you look for. And, 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 and once you uh, sort of attain that, I guess you, then you just let it go and flow and, 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 and enjoy, um, everything that, that happens after that. You know, again, I, I don't know. I'm a guy that, you know, wasn't really supposed to do that well. And so everything, honestly, <laughs> you know, after about 1993 was really, even though there was a time in my life I didn't appreciate it, everything was beyond my wildest expectations. And, and when I came back in 2002, every, I just made it a point to make sure that I really enjoyed absolutely every one of them. And, and I did that. And, and, and so they all, you know, they, they all sort of flow together, um, in that respect. And when everything is said and done, you look back and you look at a complete, uh, picture. And that's really the way I, I look at everything. For me, it's a, there's a, you know, there's a painting on the wall that I spent 25, 30 years building. And then finally one day I was comfortable enough to, to sign it, step away from it. And, you know, and every now and then when I do interviews like this, I like, I get to come into that room and somebody makes me take a look at it and I go like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a pretty nice picture, man. I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed doing all of that and I'm glad other people come in and, and enjoy it as well. And I guess, I think that's all you can really hope for when all of this is said and done to, to have done a body of work that you're proud of and that other people seem to think is pretty decent. And heck, that's, that's more than I ever possibly imagined when I was, you know, 19, leaving San Antonio for the first time. A body of work we can admire for a lifetime. The greatest WrestleMania performer of all time, Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. And there you have it. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. A really fascinating look into his mind, his psyche, at the WrestleMania 26 match against The Undertaker. In my humble opinion, the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, especially considering that the two wrestled the year before at WrestleMania and they put together a better match that following year at 26. Great interview. Thought some parts that were really fascinating were the out clause that Sean mentioned. They were discussing before the match. Michael Hayes pitched it to him. Sean said that if you don't want to retire, we'll give you this out clause. Taker was on board with it, and Sean was, was pretty content. Also interesting that Sean was so content in his career, as we know, he's only wrestled that one tag match last fall at Crown Jewel, where, speaking with Rick Flair, Rick's on record, we did an interview together, Rick talked about how he was so nervous and jittery that day, down in cups of coffee, just couldn't wait for his match, couldn't believe it was his last match. Interesting to compare that to Sean, where Rick ends up coming back to the ring, where Sean pretty much stayed retired, hasn't had a singles match since that match at WrestleMania 26. Also fascinating that there was potential for a rematch with Taker at a WrestleMania. So, so many parts of this interview were interesting. Uh, thrilled to be able to share it. I hope people enjoyed. Thank you to our producer, Luis Vasquez, who does tremendous work and actually hosts his own podcast, The Unsanctioned Podcast. We are back next Wednesday. We'll drop another episode at noon, March 13th. That's Wednesday, March 13th. This Friday, I'll announce on Twitter, my handle is at Justin Barrasso. We'll announce on Twitter the next guest, our second guest of the WrestleMania Series Podcast. For the WrestleMania Series Podcast, 
I'm Justin Barrasso, and thanks again for listening.